Last week, I did a video in which I said that I believe that my $20,000 of net list stock would turn into maybe $7 million. Got a lot of flashback on that, and that's understood. But I wanted to then, at that point, I learned that the individual who had brought this first to our attention, when I say our, I mean our tribe, had actually liquidated his shares, and I wanted to get his input on it. And then I also wanted to get the input of our in-house lawyer, if you will, Nick, to explain his feelings. Now that he knows that Gabe, who brought this to our attention first, liquidated his shares. So what I did was I held a stock talk I do every Friday with my tribe, and I brought the two of them together, and we did a point counterpoint, because I want you to understand what this is all about so that you can make a good investment decision if you're involved with the Google Netlist largest patent infringement lawsuit. Here's Gabe. He's the guy who brought this to our attention and has now gotten out because of what he feels are some unethical practices by the key players at Netlist. Let's back up a little bit or a lot of it. You know, I brought it to you. You brought it to the tribe. And shortly thereafter, it skyrocketed to what was new to all of us um, as a patent, um, a patent infringement uh, litigation. And it went up to $10, right? And then, um, you know, we've all been learning more and more as time goes on. And as time goes on, the stock does what the stock does. And um, from when I bought the original amount and brought it to you on that crazy run up to 10, which I didn't get to sell at the top, but I sold some at the top. This, and by the way, you, you guys didn't really know me on the $10 run up. It was after that. So, uh, you know, I, I sold, I made a profit and as it came down, I would buy and then it would come down more and I would buy. So I would dollar cost average in. And then that's when you guys start, started to know me because I would literally pay people or not people, a couple different lawyers to be exact in uh, patent um, infringement litigation as a profession over $14,000 in that time in order to basically illuminate for me as much as they can about the legal gibberish that is going on that I'm sure as all of you who follow Netlist can admit that it's, it's pretty hard to follow. So uh, I'm not saying I, I became an expert, but I learned a lot about patent infringement and, and the Netlist story, et cetera, et cetera, right? So then um, I was always, because of, because of where I had these shares, they were in my trading account. So I had shares in my trading account and I had shares in my IRA as much as you guys know, an IRA is a retirement account. So the shares in my retirement account, I just like, like this is a gamble. I'm going to go with this, right? Because I believed in the story. But the, but the shares in the trading account with my dollar cost averaging, once we won claim 16, that's when I got out of that position. But I never sold 100% of my position because like you, I had hopes and dreams of a lottery ticket. So then fast forward to a couple of weeks ago, I see the price. Um, and one of my uh, Patreon members lets me know about the price of Netlist because I completely detached myself from Netlist, mainly because of anxiety and stress and vitriol for the people on the board um, who I just... Uh, was I just didn't want any more part to do with them. Uh, so I just detached myself and then uh, I was told, hey, Gabe, look at Netlist. So I looked at Netlist and said, oh, wow, it's like it's like 390 something, right? Oh, okay. So then uh, because I'm very curious, I, I I reopened up my inquiring mind and, and I looked into it and and uh, I looked at all the fundamentals, right? I looked at all the fundamentals because technicals ha doesn't mean a gosh darn thing. Uh, well, not most fundamentals don't, but I'll get to that in a second. Uh, so most technicals don't. But um, so the fundamentals, this is what I found in the following, right? So I found that at a price of $3.80, everything I'm about to say is based on a price of uh, $3.80 a share. Uh, at a share, and I'm going off from memory, so bear with me as I, as I go through the cobwebs. At, at, at a share price of $3.80 per share, it, it has a market cap close to $900 million. Okay, that's first and foremost. $3.80 a share times all the share float equals close to $900 million. 
Now, then, um, because you, this is a pink sheet, I can't go to sites like Finviz or whatnot. I have to go to their actual yearly earnings report and, and look, get the numbers from the horse's mouth, right? Which is the earnings report, the quarterly earnings report. But in this case, it was a yearly. Um, so I got all the numbers. I got the, the, the shares diluted. I got, I got the proposed, um, the new, the old and the new proposed uh, um, share-based compensation uh, and everything, right? So I'll get to the juicy stuff in a second. So long story short, after going through the books, right? Here's what I found out. I found out that after all liabilities are paid, meaning all of their debt, right? Um, in order to find there is something that's called price to book. Uh, you, you basically have to, it's your assets versus your liabilities, right? So after all liabilities were paid, the, 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 what's called shareholder equity value, which is basically what is the company worth after their debt is paid was $27 million. Okay. Remember that number, $27 million. Then in order to find the price to book, right? Which simply um, translates into how many times are they, or is their market cap from their price to book, right? So for, uh, you know, for as close as an, of an equal, uh, a comparison that I could find, there's a company called Navitas, Navitas, uh, NVTS, if I remember correctly, is uh, the ticker symbol. And they're profitable and they have a board and then they're on, they're on the New York Stock Exchange, et cetera, et cetera. And their price to book is 2.1, like, all right, 2.1. However, if you've gotten ahead of me because you like math, you've probably figured out by now that Netlist's price to book is 34 like really close to 34, if not past 34 now because of the share price. So, so we have a, a share price of, 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 or a price of book of 34. So now you might say, well, Gabe, that doesn't, that doesn't mean anything because this is a litigation thing, blah, blah. I agree with you, right? Price to book only really, really, really matters when you're, when you're valuating banks, right? Um, but price to book always matters, but it really, really matters against banks because that's the main way to evaluate them. But I digress. So then I started doing some more digging, right? Number crunching. And this is fact. You can fact check me on this. In the last three years, three years, Netlist has diluted shareholders by 56%. Okay, that's one. Two, stock-based compensation, I, um, especially on TalkTwits, which is the group of people that I absolutely despise because they're delusional morons. Um, you know, they, they, they would say because in the, in, in, the, in, the, in the Form 4, the SEC Form 4, which is the form that uh, insiders must fill out to the SEC whenever they sell or acquire or exercise, et cetera, um, it, it, it says based on a 1004B blah, blah, blah plan, right? And, and people see that and they say, oh, this was already predetermined. And they are obtuse when they say these things because there's two reasons. One, and, and both Carrie and Trent can back me up on this. The, 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 the matter at, at which they need to pre-plan it um, is, is almost, but not as, it's, it's almost as easy as saying, hey, as far as time is concerned, in a week, I want to sell this many shares. It can be as little as a week unless the SEC um, rules have changed, right? Um, some, it used to be months and then it was changed to weeks and maybe it changed again. But last time I saw it, it was a very small amount of time. Two, it can be done by price, right? And you only have to give them a heads up of X amount of days. Okay, so, so it's not like a huge deal that it's by this, this, this 1004B, blah, 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 right? Okay, so then, because what I like to do is I like to read uh, between the lines, right? He, here's what me and me alone, this is conjecture. You can do with it what you will. I looked, I looked at it and I said, these are not the actions of what insiders do when they think they're going to win. 
um, because at every single spike in price, not some, not most, every single one, especially Gale, sells shares. That's one thing. Here's another fun fact for you. Gale, which makes a yearly um, salary of $250,000 a year, in the past three years has, has profited almost, or is it over? Let's just say almost, almost $5 million of profit, all from stock-based compensation. 100% of it is all from stock-based compensation, all of it. Um, and then, and, and, but Hong is no saint. Hong also has sold a lot. The next thing that really, really, really bothered me is I know I told you that they've diluted 56%, but then you might come back with me and you might say, well, Gabe, you know, they did have to do that capital raise with Lincoln Park and this and that and the third, and you're right, they did. But if you really, I can't remember the numbers, so I'm gonna make you do your own due diligence. Look how much the, sh the, the, sh the shares were created for the capital raise and the deal with Lincoln Park. And then just simply add all of the shares that were not sold, but given as, uh, or exercise, I should say, as, um, as, 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 as a um, uh, stock-based compensation. You, you will see that the percentage is, is really up there. And, and third, this is third and final, well, there's more, but unless you guys really wanna know some things, I'll leave that, I'll keep that to myself. Nick knows what I'm talking about. Maybe he can tell you guys later. But third, the biggest thing is the following. If you look at, and, and NVTS is not the only one, there's like four other ones that are very closely related to what Netlist does. And it's not Micron and it's not um, Hynix and it's not Samsung, by the way. Um, NVTS, Navitas, has a board of like nine people, I think, when I checked it was. Maybe it's 11, but my, my brain is telling me nine. Um, and they have, a, they have a board, and then and they're on the New York Stock Exchange, right? And they have a price of book of two point something. Those nine people, or I should I'll word it like this. It's easy. Two people, Hong and Gale, because remember, Netlist does not have a board of directors. directors. Hong and Gale have issued themselves more stock-based compensation, more than 3x the stock-based compensation than all, than, than all nine people combined. They more than 300%ed the stock-based compensation of those nine people. And then if you want to further compare apples to apples, it's, it's even more ridiculous of a number because the, the, the market capitalization price at a price to book of 2.1 is like, let me look it up really quick. I don't want to be a liar. I hate, I don't want to make up. I can look it up one second. NVTS. I think we've gotten the drift. It's a 1 billion, 1.1 billion. So it's like, so like 300 million more. So, uh, the, so, so in closing, the, the, the drift is this. Um, I'm not shorting it. One, because I trade with TD Ameritrade and they don't have sh shares available. So I can't physically short it. Two, I'm not going to short it because I have too many friends and family that have it. And I've already told them my uh, position and what they do is up to them. Um, I think that... In my opinion, and this is conjecture, Gail and Hong are not doing everything they can to speed this along. Even though we may think they are, I don't think they are, or people think they are, I don't think they are, one. Two, in my opinion, they are, they, they are like doing something akin to going into a monogamous relationship thinking that you're gonna break up. They are, they are literally using this chance to, to make as much money as they can from shareholders through stock-based compensation. And, and they don't care how long it takes um, because if they lose, they made their millions, which they have already. So, so if they win, great. But if they lose, it's also okay. And this is conjecture. I have no proof of this, right? Um, so in, I, I just basically, I don't think that they are doing the things that a company who was in a huge litigation like this, for instance, Qualcomm and Apple, 
Go study the Qualcomm and Apple litigation, right? That was a big one. That's what we all like, like um, you know, made um, 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 comparisons in. Go, go look at the stock-based compensation during the litigation time. L look at the, the, the things they did. They did everything they did to, 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 to put it to Apple. But one thing they didn't do is profit millions upon millions of dollars from shareholders. So with all that, which is information that I got, right? And I came up to my own conclusions and a lot of it is conjecture. Um, I can no longer own Netlist. Now, the one good thing I will say is that at the end of the day, this is still a litigation and it might take a while, but if Netlist does win, I do believe it'll be billions of dollars. That I haven't changed if they win, right? Um, but I no longer want to be part of that story because I no longer want to add to the fervor. And okay, so that's Gabe's new take on it. Now what I wanted to do was hear Nick's take, our Boston trial lawyer who has been studying this as well. Sure. Uh, it's like point counterpoints. It's going to be fun. There we go. And, and, and I want to thank Gabe for coming out because it was Gabe who kind of turned me into, put me into this, this company. Uh, and uh, I have a little bit of a different perspective. It's not about uh, fundamentals. It's more about the, the legal issues involved. Uh, but before I begin, I want to thank Kerry. Kerry, thank you for making me a YouTube uh, star. I saw that. I got <laughs> 10,000 views uh, from the video that you posted. So my children want me to quit the law profession, become a YouTube influencer. Um, so uh, your headline on your videos was only stock to own in 2023. And I agree. David versus Goliath. We've seen that uh, title and how to get rich in 2023. Those were your uh, netlist uh, videos. And, and so the way I look at it is this way. I, netlist is uh, macroeconomics, interest rates, inverted treasury yields, inflation, recession, uh, even microeconomics, fundamental technical analysis, their mark and even deglobalization will not affect the way I see the results of Netlist. It's, it's gonna be, it's separate and distinct because it has to do with the lawsuits. And so when John, the appraiser asked me, oh, geez, I got killed by this penny stock that I invested in and I lost a lot of money and here's another one. Well, you know, when Kerry, you talked about the metaverse and 3D printing and 5G and God forbid genomics, you know, those are shot in the dark. When is that going to happen? Um, which is the right company? I know you identify Amazon. If you did Amazon or Microsoft or Tesla, you would be making this. But you know, for every one of those, you've got thousands that uh, that uh, that that uh, uh, crashed and burned. And so, you know, I, I went to law school. I'm just a simple, uh, small country lawyer from Boston, and uh, I got trained in law school just to deal with facts. And so, I'm gonna I want to give some facts as I talk about these lawsuits. And these, what I mean by facts is this has already been adjudicated by the courts uh, on this litigation. I try not to bore anybody. You know, they call me an ambulance chaser. That's what you know. But I resemble that remark. I chase life flight helicopters. Um, so I got class, but I work on a contingency fee, which means that if I don't get that individual anything, I get zero. So I'm going to be very selective on what cases I take. Um, uh, my mom says uh, that I, I win most of my cases because I'm good looking with a charming personality and I'm a good dancer. Well, no. It's not true. I, I know it's hard to believe, um, but it has to be very selective. So I want to talk about Samsung first, only because that's the one that's coming up. And so the, the question all lawyers ask are who, when, why, um, and those kinds of questions. So let's talk about liability. When you deal with Samsung, which is coming up soon, I'll talk to you about when, it's a breach of contract. And the judge, Scarcy, out of California, found Samsung in breach. So check off the box on liability. Is there any responsibility? And we went through a claims construction not too long ago. And to the best of my knowledge, reading that decision, the magistrate found in favor of that list. And so here's a statistic. And for every claim construction that's won in patent law, the uh, patent owner wins 73% of the time. They lose 27% of the time. Uh, I like that, since this is the biggest patent case in history. Next question, when? Well, we got a trial date, so we're not gonna have to wait 10 years, like the metaverse uh, or the genomics, right? We got a trial date on April 17th. Where? Well, it's in the Eastern District of Texas. 
And it is the most popular venue for patent litigation. Why? Because patent owners know that that is a very liberal, very progressive format as it relates to patent owners. Who? Judge Gilstrap. I did some study on him. He takes in 25% of all patent cases in the nation. So he's the number one foremost leader in patent uh, adjudication. And 85% of all his patent cases settle before a trial as compared to 69% uh, across the country. And I'll tell you this, he's not friendly with Google and Samsung. He's dealt with them before. And they've been trying to stall and ask for stays. And he's, he's denied them in the past on other litigation. Um, now, there is, uh, so I believe liability is clear. I believe we have great parties. I didn't mention Jason Sheesby, uh, who is the uh, attorney uh, for Netlist. He was the one that reversed the largest patent infringement lawsuit in history. And I saw him in action. I know what good word when I see it. Uh, he was going against six or seven Google uh, attorneys that, in one hearing, did it all by himself. And he's, he is a master. Finally, how much? Well, well, anytime you go to litigation, you have a case. Um, and it goes to judgment. Uh, there's a 12% interest on the judgment. I had a case uh, three months ago, $100,000. The case was sitting in around uh, for five years. So five times 12% is 60%. So I got $160,000. Now think about it if it's in millions. Think about it if it's in billions. Lawyers' fees. When you go to federal court and you lose, you pay lawyers' fees. And um, Jacob just did a, a video for um, Seeking Alpha he talked about all of the lawyers' fees that were paid out, not just on Samsung, I assume it's on all the litigation, and it's millions and millions and millions and millions. Uh, and so if the defendant loses in federal court, and we already saw that in the Samsung co contract action in California, they're responsible for legal fees. Trouble damages. Uh, 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 you know, trouble damages, that's going to be decided by this judge. It's one of the summary judgments, uh, whether... Um, Samsung's conduct is willful. Um, I, I, I don't have much thought about that, but that's one of the decisions going to be rendered. Going to be rendered. Uh, but on Google, it becomes a very interesting topic because if Chuck Hong can prove that he gave this technology to Google under a confidential agreement, and Google took it, tried it, tested it, came back and said, sorry, uh, and then was later found to have it on all of their servers after they shipped it off to China for manufacturing, Jesus, I would think that if there ever is a treble damage award, that's three times the damages, I, I, as a judge, I would be listening to the argument on both sides. And then um, uh, with respect to back to Samsung, the judge is also going to determine whether the damages go back to, I think it's 2017 or 2020. And of course, there's royalties that go back to 2000, up to 2026 when the patent expires. And so there are, those are the facts of Samsung. Uh, it's, again, we're about three or four weeks away. Um, I've always thought that what a great idea to have a global settlement where you get all three parties, Micron, uh, Google, and Samsung together in a room uh, and try to kind of work out an arrangement because uh, one of the, the first uh, company that settles first uh, sets the market, uh, sets the market rate on the infringement. Um, and um, even though we haven't looked at Google Books and their servers to determine what their exposure is, I know on SK Hynix, that was a, another uh, patent infringement of Netlist that got resolved, SK Hynix settled the case just before they were required to open up their books. Uh, and obviously they didn't want dirty laundry. They didn't want any kind of unethical conduct to be exposed to the public. You know, I have a Congress lady here in Massachusetts um, who loves stuff like this. Anybody know her name? No. Elizabeth Warren. And she would like nothing better to oh. hit these big corporates, uh, corporate entities, okay, and break them all up. Um, and so I think it's in Google's interest to try to get this case resolved 
trouble damages, I would normally I would say, ah, don't, don't worry about that. It's hard to prove. But if uh, Chuck uh, allegations of the theft is anywhere close to accurate, uh, then that's something that's food for thought that has to be in the back of their mind. And so I'm hoping that there will be a global settlement that all parties, all three defendants will will uh, profit. Netlist will profit. Netlist has a new patent, which he says is going to be the state of the art in storage uh, for the next 10 years that he's sitting on. Um, and um, and you got future royalties to boot. So at the end of the day, I see clear liability. It, the question is going to be how much and when. So we got a trial date in Samsung right around the corner. We got Google and Micron watching. We've got Micron with a trial date in January of next year. And uh, well, Google's on a stay, but they're watching very carefully. And so I am very bullish on it. Uh, I've listened to Gabe. I have so much respect for Gabe. Uh, he is so much more hyper-focused on this case, especially when it comes to the fundamentals. But the way I look at it is this. I am very sensitive to insiders. I've said this uh, on uh, Friday afternoons multiple times. I want to know what insiders think. Um, in this particular case, I'm aware that there are no big whales investing. There's no Goldman Sachs or Merrill Lynch's uh, uh, investing uh, or, or Kathy uh, Wood investing in this company because they can't. It's a penny stock. It's made up of retail investors. And let's say uh, everything that uh, Gabe says is true, that's a major concern, that the stock is diluted, uh, that there are multiple people that get a piece of the pie. I've seen that in class action lawsuits uh, where lawyers get 95% and the injured party gets 5%. Uh, I've seen that. But we're all retail investors that are in this. And when these when the, the, the decisions are rendered in these cases, nobody's going to really know. Nobody understands it. Uh, and um, the big money is going to start to flow into it while the market kind of tanks. People looking to find a place to put their money and get rich quick. And so my big thought is when to sell. Do I hold on uh, until after? Oh, I'm going to hold on until Google resolves. Uh, but after Google resolves, what do I do then? Because then the issues that Gabe raises may come uh, to fruition and that not a lot of cash will wind up in the net list uh, piggy bank uh, because everybody's got a piece of the pie. Uh, and so I got to keep that in, in mind. But I am long and strong until these, the Google case uh, gets re resolved. Okay, so that's our point counterpoint on Netlist. I hope you found it not as financial advice because I am not your financial advisor, but instead as financial education. I'm going to carry that on tomorrow's video as well. I'm going to have Trent and Mark, two people who have been in the financial industry but combined for over 60 years to basically explain what should you be doing this week in this stock market based on the bank failures and the other issues that the market is facing. That'll be tomorrow. Music